are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We're free. We're available on all platforms. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and the co-host of Locked On Nuggets. He, I always do that on the wrong side, he, with my head tilt on YouTube, is Tony East. He's co-host of Locked On Pacers as well. I tried to memorize your various bylines and i have forgotten them it's forbes where else are you at west side community news wthr occasionally locally i'm all indie baby and the pacers stink so i gotta expand that byline a little bit this year uh, and the indiana fever for that's right days. that's right for the next we're, we're not talking w today but i'm, I'm very excited for the w's return because well i'm profitable betting it <laughs> uh on today's show we will talk about a great many things we will talk about the new york knicks on a win streak, we'll talk about Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and the MVP race that continues to rage on. We will talk about uh, another bummer of a performance from the Lakers and more. But we will begin tonight's recap of Monday's games with the Dallas Mavericks, who have won a bazillion games out of the last bazillion in like four and have been absolutely red hot. And they got tonight a matchup versus the Utah Jazz. They lost to this Jazz team a few weeks ago in a close one. The Mavs led for the majority of that game. Late in the game, the Jazz went to a switch. Rudy Gobert got the stops, and it was a very frustrating loss for the Mavericks who continue to try and prove that they are a real threat in the Western Conference. Gobert was a game-time decision in this one. Almost missed it with his uh, calf, which still is bothering him. But he did play, but the Mavericks got the best of the jazz in this one as Luca goes for 35 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists, shoots 12 of 23 from the field, hits five threes and is a plus five Maxi Kleba off the bench. They go five out. And what do you know? Uh, Kleba winds up with a plus 16 in this one. You know, Tony, I'll just tell you like same kind of problems for Utah where a team goes small and they're still mixing up coverages. The jazz played better in the second half to give themselves a chance. But one of their issues, I think is like they're when they, they play drop and then Luca tore them to pieces. And by that, at that point, Luca's already rolling. And now you're trying to stop a very fast moving train going downhill. Yeah. Luca killed them. And to the point that Gobert was so frustrated, it got chippy and yeah, you know, when Gobert gets chippy like that, he's not as engaged and focused on the things that make him so good, his positioning, his ability to deter guys from driving, and that just let the Mavs do their thing. They, they played great. They had a bunch of their threes. Spencer Dinwiddie continues to somehow be the absolute perfect sidekick for Luka, and his the Wizards had to be pissed about all this, quite frankly, but Dinwiddie yeah. has, has been playing wonderful for the Mavs, and you're absolutely right. Teams, that, I mean, we've seen this in the playoffs time and time again, that Teams that go small give the gives the Jazz some fits. You know, go Bears minutes didn't go awesome in this game like they they do in other times. But also, you know, when you go six for twenty six combined for Conley and Mitchell, yeah, you know, you're not going to win many games. Is the Jazz? Those are the two guys that drive you. You know, Bogdanovich had thirty something the other night, but they needed way more from those guys. The Mavs defended them pretty well, but not six for twenty six well. Yeah. So even though the Jazz didn't play perfect or poorly, if those two guys had a little better games, they might have had a chance. Yeah, I thought Rudy played much better in the second half and. 
Um, I, I really want to see this matchup. We'll see if it happens because now things are getting really tight in the Western Conference because of some other games that we'll talk about and how they kind of like came that how they came out. That's very much up in the air. But I do want to see this matchup in the playoffs. Like I just want to see like can the Jazz figure out a solution for Luca over the course of seven games? Can the Mavs really play five out and be able to stress them out? And can they play the kind of defense that they did? Like this is a you know, this is a lot of it, right? Is the Jazz shoot 43% from the field and 39% from three-point range, only hit 12 threes. They get to the line for a, a decent amount, 24 times, and shot well there. But really, when you look at it, it, it wasn't one thing or the other. It wasn't defense or offense. It was they, they kind of got killed a little bit on both ends. And now Utah's still up 2-1 in the uh, season series. And there's one more game to play. Plus, I will just – this is my uh, tiebreaker nerdistry coming out for those curious. If you're wondering, like, can the Mavs catch the, the Jazz? It's very close. They can definitely catch them. They're one back in the loss column. Could definitely catch them. Um, we'll say for the tiebreaker scenario, if they do wind up tied, the Jazz are very likely to win the division. The only way that Dallas is going to be able to pass them is if uh, Dallas wins the final matchup and Utah does not win the division. So in that case, the Mavs are still the five seed anyway. There's not really like a – or I guess theoretically, if the Grizzlies were to slip and the Mavs were to also win the division, they can win the division. They can win the tiebreaker then. But very likely that we see this matchup. I hope we do. Uh, should be a good one. And yeah, it was a. I'll say this. Don't know how many other guys have like the the list of guys that have been red hot since January, basically since everyone got back from the COVID terribleness in December. Like Jason Tatum, absolutely lights out. Nikola Jokic, completely dominant. Joel Embiid. Totally unstoppable. Giannis, Luca, like the list of guys right now that are just all on heaters is absurd. And Luca is definitely one of them. Yeah, Luca's absolutely killing. The Mavs are on fire. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it'll happen, but it's not crazy to me that they would catch the Grizzlies. We'll have to see. It's going to be an, a fascinating finish in that division. Elsewhere in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets matched up with the Golden State Warriors. And, well, okay, let me take that back. The Denver Nuggets matched up <laughs> with a team that was wearing the jerseys of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, in this game, the Warriors, who were very mad about this game being rescheduled because they had flown to Denver, and then it got canceled because Denver didn't have enough guys. Um I don't know why this was all such a thing because it's like everybody had re had re things rescheduled. It was all chaos. Like, don't know if you know this, there's a pandemic, breaking news. But the Warriors were very mad about it. So the Warriors did not send Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, or James Wiseman, who's still out, to Denver. Like, didn't even put them on the plane. And I I was worried a little bit this morning because Juan Toscano Anderson and Otto Porter were both sick. And in reality, um. You know, actually, Porter did not play in this game because he was sick. So the Warriors scraped together a lineup of Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson, Kavon Looney. Poor Kavon Looney. Like, remnant of the championship <laughs> team, and he's the guy that, like, hey, here we go, champ. We're going to need you to lead this team with a veteran experience. But the Warriors hung in this game, Tony. You know, if you look at the box score... And I, I, want, I don't want to talk too much about the box score, but every stat you'd be like, you know, that's how a team could win. The Warriors had a better number than the Nuggets or close to it, except for fouls. They found 30 times Nuggets dominated this game at the free throw line. Actually impressive performance from the Warriors, given who is available. Like Poole, when he starts, is just better for some reason. Like Clay coming back and their shifting guard rotation kind of waned his effectiveness as the season goes on. Moses Moody's been playing very well this month. Yeah. He had a big game in Dallas okay. a couple weeks ago. Those two combined for 62 points. 
to keep them in it. Moody had a really nice fourth quarter as well. Kuminga continues to be a very impressive rookie. So they got enough from everybody. Looney, as you mentioned, is great. But uh, it just so happens that Nikola Jokic is uh, the best player in the NBA. And another another ridiculous triple-double, 70%, 30, 50, 32, 15, and 13. And there's a point where it doesn't matter who the Warriors had available. I think if Jokic had that game against Steph Curry, the Nuggets still would have won. Yeah, back-to-back 30-point or more triple-doubles after he had uh, 46, 14. 14 and 11, I think last night, 14 and 12 last night versus the Pelicans in the overtime win. Um, Yoga's just been ridiculous. Like he's just been absurd. Um, and it's funny. Cause like I actually, before last night's game, I kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? I think Embiid's maybe kind of got this like yoga just kind of tailed off a little bit. He hasn't looked great since the all-star break, you know, maybe like yoga just kind of tailing off and getting ready for the playoffs. And then he comes out, and he drops these two. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe not. Maybe never mind. Maybe he is, in fact, uh, the most valuable player once again. These two teams will face each other again on Thursday. Uh, Nuggets then are on a back-to-back. It should be a really good game uh, on national television. Important stakes in a lot of ways because the Warriors all of a sudden are legitimately in trouble. So I want to, to get your thoughts on this. So after the loss tonight, uh, the Warriors slipped to third. They are tied in the lost column with the Grizzlies. They're one game back in the win column. Lost column matters more, as I always say. Uh, they're only two games up on the Jazz. What's interesting here is the two seed is like the sweet spot. You don't have to face Phoenix until the conference finals, and you don't have to face either Dallas or Denver, most likely. It's very unlikely that Dallas or Denver is going to slide all the way to the seventh spot. Um and so if that's the case, like the two is where you want to be. You get either the Clippers who are likely, likely without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, or at least one of them, or you get the Wolves who really plucky team, very good season, heading in the right direction. We'll get to them in a little bit. But if you got your druthers between like Nikola Jokic, uh, Luka Doncic, or the Wolves, you're probably going to take them. Um, Draymond goes on his podcast and says that he's coming back on March 14th. Do you think the Warriors can turn this thing around? I think they can. Yeah. I mean, they still have Steph. Draymond will make a lot click for them. You know, their record with and without him is they're close to 500 now since he went down. I mean, it, it's, it's getting shocking and close. You know, his impact on their team is huge. And so it, if it takes a cut, like a week for him to ramp up that, I mean, that, that's like a fourth of the remaining season. So perhaps I'm maybe being a little too bullish, but I think he, he has enough of an impact on that team that, his return could guide them to stay in the top two. Uh, some of this is just my, I don't know, Memphis is so good, but just something just never will click for them with me this season, which isn't fair to them. But you know, the team with the former MVP and the former defensive player of the year seems like I, I can have a little more belief in them down the stretch. So yeah. I will currently pick the Warriors to hold on to that two spot. Uh, but it's not crazy to me that they could fall a little bit in the standings. You know, They, they have been rocky since Draymond got hurt. I just wanted a nice stratification so I wouldn't have to be fi- trying to figure out three-way ties and all these <laughs> kind of things. And instead, I'm going to wind up in a situation where it's like Utah's right there and Warriors are right there and Memphis and maybe Dallas. Like, no one's losing in the Western Conference except the Warriors. It's just can no Can we give Jeff Green some love for a yeah. nasty chase down block in the fourth quarter on Jordan Poole? Jeff Green's been playing some garbage defense recently, but that was sick. He, he chased him down from... Very far away. Very impressive from Jeff Green. Yeah. The Nuggets got lots of good contributions tonight. They were shorthanded without Will Barton. Uh, Bones Highland got banged up. But Austin Rivers gave them really good minutes. 
Austin Rivers, like if you haven't, if you only know him as like the annoying guy that he was early in his career, <laughs> he's really had to come face to face with his basketball mortality. He's been great for Denver. He was he was really sick in last night's game and played great and was like, it, it's not just that the Nuggets are like, okay, Austin, get out there and guard Brandon Ingram. Okay, Austin, get out there and guard Jordan Poole. Like whatever the toughest assignment is, that's what Rivers winds up taking, and he gets thrown through screens and just beaten up, and he just. Kind of keeps coming at them, uh, much the way the Nuggets do. Before we got a break, uh, real quickly, this one was kind of a snoozer, but it's important to mention, especially for the MVP race, Joel Embiid, once again, just destroys worlds. Uh, I have compared him to Thanos in a little piece I'm working on for the MVP, and that's kind of what he felt feels like at this point. Embiid goes for 43 points and 14 boards with three blocks in a dominant, comfortable win, double digits over the Chicago Bulls. This is a 15 point game that really didn't feel like it was winnable for the Bulls after the first quarter. Uh, Embiid, you're going to be shocked to hear this, got to the line for 16 free throws. This is a pretty simple combination. Like James Harden only had 16 points on 15 shots, did have 14 dimes. He's been slinging it. Uh, this really comes down to knowing he even beat off the free throw line. DeMar DeRozan was six of 17 from the field. And I don't think that they trusted that. Like my, my takeaway on this one is about the Bulls more. Do you have a Sixers take on this game? Well, they're still undefeated when Harden plays. I mean, I, I, my Good take point. might be that I'm starting to lean in on them being my favorites in the East. Maybe that's a little mm-hmm. too bullish, but James Harden looks really good with this Philadelphia basketball team. And the Bulls, man, I mean, I know that I was not in charge of their take right now, but De- DeMar cooling off with all these injuries they have, just they're really wobbly right now. They really need mm-hmm. to, to stabilize. I mean, they're getting close to that Boston-Cleveland tier in the East. It's not – it's not looking like they might have not even have home court in the first round unless they can figure something out pretty quick. Yeah, they gotta get Caruso and Ball back as soon as as possible. Uh-huh. Um, they really need some. Is that too much for Philly? Top of the East? Am I am I getting ahead of myself? Haven't lost with Harden six and one since the trade. Now, at some point, we just gotta be saying like, "Hey, the record is the record." I don't know that mm-hmm. I want. Like, I will say this: I'm a little worried about the defense. Like, understood. Rosen missed some shots, but uh, there's some stuff on the defensive side I'm a little bit worried about. But offensively, I don't. You know, I don't trust. I don't know that the Nets are going to be able to do anything versus them. Like, I just the Nets may score a lot. I don't know what they're going to do defensively versus this combination if they face them. Um, Milwaukee would be a all-out war. Uh, my thing with Chicago is, you know, Zach Levine was really good tonight, and Zach Levine needs a little bit more. And as a cor- the season started out, and there was a good balance of Zach Levine and Demar Derozan, and as Derozan has turned into the MVP guy, it's become like Derozan, 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 and Derozan's been amazing this season. That's why he's an MVP candidate. Could he use a little bit more Zach tonight? Matchup was tough. They were fo- focusing a lot on Durar. Let Zach cook. Could he use a little bit more Zach Levine tonight? Zach Levine is also very good. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we will talk about the Knicks on a win streak. Uh, plus the Heat keep balling. Victor Oladipo returns. And how about them Pistons? We'll talk about all that and more. We'll come back on Locked On NBA. But first, I want to tell you about that online. You know, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting need. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just basketball, they got you covered for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA, thanks for making us part of your day, and thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Make sure that you check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get 
Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Moore. I'm back here with Tony East, breaking down Monday's action in the NBA. Tony, where do you want to go next? Let's talk about the Knicks and a career-high 46 points from Julius Randle. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but a rough estimate would be a gazillion of those came in the second half of this game because the Knicks were down 20 to the Sacramento Kings in the first half of this game. And I was thinking, oh, wow, you know, this could be the backbreaker for the Knicks. You lose to a team below you like that in the West right after you beat the Clippers. You know, that, that's kind of – I mean, they're already probably out of things. But, that, you know, that's the backbreaker of the season. Instead, one of the best second S they've had in a while looked like Randall from last year that made All-NBA. And the Kings just totally fell apart. Sabonis gets ejected. They couldn't make a shot to save their life in the second half. I mean, it, it was a really a, a perfect summation of the Kings as a franchise as well as – not necessarily the Knicks as a franchise, but the Knicks we saw last year that were so resilient and always had games like this. That, that's, this is the first time in a while I've seen the Knicks play like they did last year and they were actually good. I don't want to make like sweeping summations of the trade when we're like five <laughs> games in. I, I just, the, the problem I have is like, it was very much a win now move. Like that's what the whole thing is like, we're going to make a run at the 10 seed. And they're instead they're getting further away from the 10 seed and I get it. They're going to have Sabonis for multiple years and they'll be able to like rebuild around him and do all sorts of things going next year. And he's a multi-time all-star Josh Lloyd over at, at locked on fantasy basketball made that, that response. But I, I, I will, my biggest concern here is honestly that Sabonis looked fully enveloped by the Kangsness tonight. It, it like the, the darkness has risen up and consumed him. Yeah, he got, and he didn't get ejected. He just got <laughs> yoinked from the game. I mean, he went from zero to 100 with official angry, and rightfully so. He gets pounded okay. every game. I watched every game of his career. He gets pounded like that all the time, but I've never seen him snap like that. The call that fouled him out was admittedly pretty weak on a quickly layup. But hey, the Knicks quietly are a Cam Johnson miracle away from a three game impressive road winning streak. So again, it's probably too late for their, and not even probably, it's too late for their season to be saved. But Playing kind of good basketball right now. Yeah, five back in the loss column from the Hawks. I can't see them catching. Up. You can cut the probably from my statement. I, I rescind it. <laughs> but but hey, look if the Nets keep losing, hey, who knows? Wouldn't that be something if the Knicks were to get by the Nets for the play-in tournament? The chaos that would ensue. Uh, yeah, Julius Randle was phenomenal in this game. Quickly was great in this game. Uh, you know, whatever, if they can keep this going, that's like good. Just, you know, had a bad three fourths of the season, but you turn some things around, reconfigure going back into the, the off season, especially I think in your front court and Knicks could be okay. I don't think, I don't think they're as bad as they've looked this season. They, the Derrick Rose injury hurt them a lot. I think right. there's a lot of reasons things went sideways for them. Uh, elsewhere, Victor Oladipo returned as the Miami Heat struggled with their Houston Rockets for a little bit uh, and then got separation in the second half. Oladipo comes off the bench, goes four of seven for 11 points. Uh, they get 18 points from Bam out of bio, 21 from Jimmy Butler on seven of 11 shooting. And after Tyler Hero, here it was crazy. Hero was scoreless after the first quarter and then went bonkers in the second. It was wild. Like, it was like, oh, man, this might really be bad because Hero just can't score tonight, and he's completely off. He had 21 points in the second quarter, 8 of 9 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, and that was really kind of what – all of a sudden, the Rockets that had been playing really well, they got scored by 11 in the second quarter, and that was basically it. Yeah, it's fun to see Depot return, immediately take a charge, and true Oladipo fact. 
fashion. Uh, and dunk. You know, these are things that like sound like simple tasks, but coming back from a very rare quad injury and then coming back from the same rare quad injury a second time, I could see a guy being very timid in that situation. He actually looked pretty solid uh, in his return from this game. And like you said, Hero was ridiculous. Since the break prior to this Rockets game, he was averaging 25 a game on 52 44 79 splits, playing extremely well on offense and continued that into this game. Kyle Lowry returned from a brief absence, was a plus 16 in his minutes, despite him scoring zero points, not even handling the ball that much. So the Heat are, uh, the Heat are looking really good, <laughs> really good right now. I know the Rockets totally stink. Jalen Green had a great start. He continues to look pretty good. Also, since the All Star break, don't have his stats up in front of me, but he's had some nice games, had a really big first quarter in this one as well. I think all four of his threes. We're in that first frame. So the Rockets didn't look embarrassing. Uh, they started off really hot. But uh, certainly the story to me is the Heat, who are just completely rolling right now. I think the Heat have a real chance to get out of the Eastern Conference. I think they match up well with everybody. I've been on them for a while. I think the Heat are live. I think they are a legitimate threat. Um, Rockets, back-to-back good games for Jalen Green. 8-16 from the field, 20 points, 4-10 of 10 from three. He was really good. Uh, I really like Kenya Martin uh, Jr.'s game tonight. Five of six from the field, 14 points. Thought he was really aggressive. They just can't defend anybody. Like once Miami was like, all right, let's stop messing around and actually execute. Uh, this one was was over, but the Heat just keep rolling and the Rockets are fine with that because honestly, after beating Memphis, they can't afford too many more wins. They're still trying to tank <laughs> here. Uh, Hawks Pistons. Speaking of a team that probably should be tanking, but is surprisingly, surprisingly feisty. I got to tell you, Tony, I like this Pistons team all of a sudden. They were the worst team in basketball history offensively for the first month of the season. That's not an exaggeration. I was actually checking the numbers. They actually were shooting the worst of any team since like 1947, which I don't cannot really consider to be like the actual start of the league. But they're playing a little bit better now, and they get the win behind Cade Cunningham, who goes off for 28 points, Six boards, 10 assists, and a plus 11, 10 of 25 from the field. They get it done and knock off the Hawks, who, boy, the Hawks, like every time things start going well for them, they struggle again. Another sneaky contributor in this game who looked really good, Marvin Bagley, former number two overall pick, 19 points, 10 boards for Bagley as he goes 9 of 16 from the field. Uh, They didn't even get a good game for my guy, Sadiq Bey, in this one, and the Pistons Keep up the good vibes. This Pistons team, I think, is going to be feisty the rest of the way. Man, you took, like, all my notes. <laughs> that was killer. Uh, yeah, Marvin Bagley, they're 4-2 and two now when he plays. His stats with Detroit are very good. He's fitting in well with a situation where he's able to grow a little more, which it seems like the Kings should be a situation where he's able to grow a little more. But, unfortunately, he's not there. Yeah, he looked very good in this game. Cade continues an offensive barrage. He's definitely going to get into that top two for rookie of the year. Will he pass Mobley? Probably not, but he is making a strong late season push for this kind of stuff. And it's not fluky from Detroit. Three in a row, you could kind of shrug and go, yeah, they won three in a row. They've won six out of eight. They've been playing pretty well for, you know, if you count the that there's an all-star break in the middle that, like three weeks now. Very impressive Detroit Pistons playing well recently. Sadiq Bay fitting in. They got the, the Grant Bay-Cunningham trio has a very good net rating as of right now. Moving Killian Hayes to the bench has really helped them. Like a lot of stuff going well at the same time for Detroit right now, which – for a team that should be looking for lottery odds, it is what it is. But finding any growth point for a young and growing team is good, and they found a bunch recently. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be a mysterious rash of hamstring soreness <laughs> in the next game of couple. Oh of no, Kelly Olynyk! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> um, all right, 
we'll uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll wrap up the next action as the Lakers once again disappoint. Uh, and well, Minnesota played something that's kind of like the Blazers. We'll do that when we come back on Locked On NBA. But first, uh, we're going to take a break and then we'll be back right after this with more on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA, wrapping up with Tony East as we break down Monday slate in the NBA. Tony, oh, those Lakers, those Lakers. LeBron decided that he needed himself a night off, so LeBron does not play in this game. The Los Angeles Lakers lose to the San Antonio Spurs 117-110. Spurs had been on a four-game losing streak, uh, and now the Lakers are just three games ahead of, well, the Blazers, who lost again, uh, for the 11th spot they're probably still going to be forced into the play-in tournament but yeah i look the only thing i can really take away from this game was the post-game comments from russell westbrook in which he kind of he talked about um it started because people were calling him westbrook and that really started a conversation from his wife on twitter about you know the importance of the name and all those types of things and, and denigrating public people and it was directed at Skip Bayless, that's like, you know, grain of salt. Um, You know, Westbrook was pretty impassioned. And and after the game was talking about how, like, his kids don't even want to go to the game anymore because people are going to call, like, shout out names about him. That's rough. Like, I really, really desperately want Russell Westbrook to have a final chapter that's redemptive in his career from a basketball perspective. Now, some of that's on him, right? And, like, this is a, a tough thing where... Westbrook's a, a public person and he doesn't want to be, but sorry, that's what comes with the money. Like that's part of what the money is for. Like you are a public persona. It shouldn't ever be personal. And there are lines that obviously fans always cross, but like trying to parse out some of this, I think is difficult where the human side of it's very real, especially for his wife and kids. And yet like, it's hard if you're a fan, like you deserve to be invested and be upset when the guy is dragging the team down this stuff gets complicated, but I think at least it was worth listening to and respecting what Westbrook had to say on the subject as well as his wife. Yeah, he had a necklace on that had the uh, first initial of all of his family members on, very impassioned, like three-minute answer, talking about you know what what the situation is for his family right now. Super sad that he can't bring his family to even home games these days. He actually played okay in this game. I mean, they won his minutes, 17 points on 14 shots, double-digit rebounds. You know, He had an all right game, but it's just – it's always sad to hear that kind of stuff and fans crossing lines when, when they shouldn't be. I get that they pay money and they can, you know, heckle, but don't don't be a dick <laughs> in public. Would be my <laughs> summation of that. And, I like that. I like that. <laughs> just uh, don't be a, guys, don't be a dick. <laughs> I don't want to let this go without crediting the Spurs because they do deserve uh, respect in this one, especially. Dejounte Murray's so good. He's so good. He was so good in this game. Twenty six points on twelve of twenty from the field. Ten rebounds, eight assists, three steals, a plus seventeen. He is everywhere. He's so consistent. He's so good. DeJounte Murray is like on like next. He got set back by his ACL injury and then COVID happened and a bunch of things went haywire. DeJounte Murray is going to be a star. Like he is going to, I have every faith in this guy being a legitimate star. He is awesome. You can throw a lot of Spurs numbers at me, Matt. There's only one Spurs number I care about tonight. That is 1,335. The number of wins Greg Popovich has as a coach, which ties him with Don Nelson for the most in NBA history. That is a very under-the-radar storyline right now. Like That seems like it should be dominating the league. He's about to break the record for most wins by a coach ever 
We just saw that Coach K's tickets are going for thirteen grand at Duke. Obviously, he's not on that level, and the NBA is different than college. But like, he's about to prove that he. I mean, he already has that legacy anyway. But he has the most wins of any coach ever. You know, he's he's at that level. Congrats to Pop for tying the record. He's going to break it very soon. I don't know when or against who, but given that he has a Dejounte Murray on his team, I don't think it will take very long. Yeah, uh, he doesn't want a lot of attention on it, and I, that's just typical. That's true. That is true. Like he just doesn't want any attention on it, and like credit to him for being that guy. I'll, I'll say this: one of the things I love about Pop is, is how consistent he is. Like he doesn't, like he's not a guy that's shifted. He doesn't. He wasn't like, oh, the process matters when it was one thing, and then he like changed and was different later. Like he's just he's always been the same guy. He's always had the same approach. He's been very consistent with shunning, you know, public attention. Um, but yeah, I think he's like to me. I, I think he's got a case for the greatest. I just do when you factor in like competitive level, the teams that they've beaten, the duration of success, all of the wins, all the reasons why he was so pivotal and all that. Um, he's got a case for it. You may not agree with it, but he's got a case for it. Last one of the night: the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Props to Portland for for just fully <laughs> pivoting and being like, yeah, we're not doing this play-in tournament thing. That's not happening on our watch. Uh, Dame's still out. Joe Ingles is obviously still out for the season. Eric Bledsoe is out. Nasir Little is out. Justice Winslow is out. Justice Joseph Nurkic is out. Um, and then so in this one, Anthony Simons also missed the game. Blazer starters, CJ Elby, Trendon Watford, Drew Eubanks, Josh Hart, and Brandon Williams. And so the Wolves had themselves a good old time. Carl Anthony Towns goes for 27 and 13 because uh, the, you know, Blazers didn't have a center. Uh, Wolves roll in this one as they continue to keep pace. No one's losing in the Western Conference except the Warriors, Tony. No one in the top eight is losing at all. <laughs> Trendon Wofford might be something uh, for this Blazers crew, but I mean, I I can't really latch on to any of anybody on their current roster. They're clearly just. Set for the lottery, regroup around Dame next year. Finally doing something they should have done a long time ago, although they might have waited a little too long to do it. Uh, some of the young guys they got in trades, Keon Johnson struggled in this game. Elijah Hughes missed all his shots. Uh, Josh Hart was two for 12. They'll hope those guys can get a little better as the season goes along. And you know what, Minnesota, you should win this game, and you dominated. So credit to them. They got to give their end-of-bench guys a full quarter, basically, of playing time. In crunch time, Carl Anthony Towns had 27 and 13 and was a plus 34, as you should do when you're playing a really terrible Portland team. So I, I struggle to have any takeaways from this game <laughs> given who Portland had available, but uh, those are those are some guys that stood out to me. Minnesota is eight and two in their last 10, and they haven't gained any ground. <laughs> like wow. The West brutal. is a bloodbath. Man, it's bloodbath. It's brutal. Like, look at uh, you look up and down the Western Conference. The Suns are seven and three in their last ten. The Grizzlies are six and four. The Warriors, as I mentioned, are two and eight. The Jazz are seven and three. The Mavericks are eight and two. The Nuggets are nine and one. The Wolves are eight and two. The Clippers are seven and three. Like wow. it, it, the East is really tough this year, but the West is getting better as the year goes on. And it's the league is in a really good spot with all these games. So that wraps it up for Locked On NBA for Money. My thanks to Tony for filling in for David with me tonight. Tony, I love having you with me. Make sure to check out all the great coverage on Locked On NBA and the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe, hit smash that like button, as the kiddos say. And we will see you guys again next time for another edition of Locked On NBA.